1: Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you both in your life and financial vineyard. We take you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that help craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine and Rebecca, or AKA Becky Eason. Welcome back, Becky. Thanks, great to be back. So as always wanna start the show this month we've been talking about wineries from Oregon because when I actually uh, when this podcast is released, I'll actually be out there with a little vacation uh, exploring the area. There's some unique uh, names to the wineries out there. So I've, um, I'm going to hold, uh, Brent and I have some plans. We're going to go visit those places and and uh, be able to report back when I'm recording the August sessions, I believe, or if not, then the September sessions. Um, but we have been enjoying, now that it's summer, we've been enjoying some Pinot Noirs. And New York is also known for its Pinot Noirs as, as organs, so I'll be very interested to uh, to do some to bring some wine home, do some side by side tasting between the different regions. I'm really looking forward to that. So, in honor of this particular co- uh, podcast, I won't name a specific wine. I'll just say, go grab your favorite Pinot Noir and toast to this conversation as we dive into. A topic that a lot of people are asking about, and it's called. There's two I've heard. It's called fire and file. Have you heard this new t- term, file, Becky? No, that's a new one to me. Um, so this has been a new one. It's um, sort of fire movement is financially independent, retire early. That's what the fire movement stands for and we've been hearing a lot of that but the new the new one the file um movement which i'm like that that's a i mean i guess i just wasn't familiar with it but it's basically um the same concept only they're they're using some different abbreviations so Maybe maybe we should dive into um, talking first about what is the fire movement. What if what is the definition of the fire movement?
0: Yeah. So as you mentioned, fire stands for financial independence, retire early, and you know it seems like a lot of the purpose of that is to allow you to live your lifestyle while you're young and mm-hmm. while you can enjoy things like traveling
1: and just being free. Yeah. So and and that's why file just as an FYI stands for financially independent independent living early. <laughs> I like that term. That makes a lot of sense. So it's sort of shifting the focus a little bit. That's that's why. I, um, so when you think about financially independent, retire early and financially independent, living early, there is a difference between the two. So, again, I want to dig into the FIRE movement because that's where a lot of people sort of, um, that's where a lot of questions come from. So when you think about, I mean, Kate and I talked about in the prior podcast, like what's early? Because, you know, as you approach 50, that feels pretty early. But, you know, if you're in your 30s, 50 seems like forever. <laughs> so. Um, Maybe let's dig into what that when people are saying they are part of the fire movement, what does that mean that they're maybe doing?
0: Yeah. So in order to you know, be a part of the fire movement and to really work towards achieving the fire, it's you have to save a ton of money while you're working. Mm-hmm. So you're while you might be achieving your goals later in life, right now you have to be saving money and living very frugally. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you know, every source that you look at has different figures, but um, some sources say that you have to dedicate up to seventy percent of your income to savings. Ooh. So that puts a pretty big dent in Ooh. how you can live now.
1: 70%. Okay, so let's do that math for a second. So on average, we pay 30% in taxes, right? Give or take. So that leaves us 70% to font, to to spend in some way, shape or form. Again, on average, housing is somewhere depending on where you live, because like out in California, it's like 50%. Um, but say 30% on average, right? 15 to 30% on average. How do you get to the 70% mark? Yeah,
0: um, it takes a lot of dedication. Um, but you know, yeah. some strategies that you could do are you know having roommates to help mm-hmm. reduce your living cost. Got it. Um, or working side hustles to bring in additional income. And maybe that
1: entire side hustle income goes right into your savings account. Okay. And when we that's okay. So now I'm getting it. Now we take, we're not actually, so we're having to go maybe work really hard and not maybe travel much or spend much on any luxury type items per se in order to get to this kind of early date. Right. Okay. Now I'm getting it. The question is, do you want to live like that? (laughs) What is the average age when somebody says, and maybe we don't have that, um, what would be the average age that somebody might say retiring early means to them? Because I I honestly think for me, like being 50, 55 would seem pretty darn early for me to retire, like when I think about that. But when we talk about the fire movement, is that like forty, thirty five? Does it does it vary? Like what is what does retire early mean when we're thinking about this movement?
0: Yeah, generally it's you're looking to retire in your thirties or forties. Okay. So very early compared to the standard, you know, sixty five or seventy.
1: Oh yeah. So when somebody says, um, again, they they want to, I, I guess I want to shift this just a little bit at this point in time because that to me just seems like how do you how do you balance life? It, it seems really hard. Like if you're saying, 30s or 5 40, you want to retire. Does that mean like I'm done working, or does that mean I want the ability to be done working and I'll work if I need to part time here and there, or you know what? What is that? Maybe maybe it's different things to different people.
0: Yeah, that's another great question. I think it really means different things to different people. Um, I don't think fire was actually ever meant to fully like you know just be done working. Instead, you know, it's allow you allowing you to do what you want to do. So maybe you want to take a lower paying job of something that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And it's the ability to do that, or to work part time. Mm-hmm.
1: So that kind of shifts to that file concept that I was talking about. Yes, exactly. Where you're living early. You're you're financially independent and living early, and not necessarily retiring early. Because I know a lot of people will say. Um, There's that 4% rule that's out there, like don't draw more than 4% of your portfolio. But that was kind of meant for people that were closer to traditional retirement age, not necessarily people that are in their 30s and 40s. Although I suppose that rule could play, they're going to have to be more aggressive with their portfolio to keep up with withdrawals over time. Um, What would be the dollar figure if you were thinking about doing this? I, I read some statistics the other day that said, basically, if I I think you have to back into like, what do you want to earn during that period of time? But basically if you want to stick to the 4% rule and let's say you want to earn $80,000 a year, you'd have to have $2 million saved in order to actually only withdraw 4% per year and get $80,000 and then hope your portfolio continues to like build so that it's not, you know, so that you have some growth. Um, you know, some growth that would be there for you for longevity purposes as well. Are you seeing any numbers out there when you do research on what somebody would have to have in order to truly like retire?
0: Yeah. So, um, some, studies that I've looked at show about 30 times your yearly expenses.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, you know, something to take into consideration with that is that if you're not working full-time and you're young, like what do you want to be doing? Do you want to be traveling? And how much more is that going to cost?
1: Mm-hmm. So if you were, if you were looking at $50,000 is your, that's what you want to live off from. That's what you feel you can live off from. You'd have to have 30 times that, is that what I'm hearing? So in that situation, just taking that math, um, just running that math, you'd be looking at what, like 1.5 million, if I'm doing the math, right? You'd have to have, am I doing that right? So 50,000 times 30, yeah, $1.5 million. That's one one of the recommendations basically. And not so you'd have to you'd have to look at that and say okay can i truly live off from fifty thousand dollars if i want to live off from you know like does that include my housing and my food and my kids education and like all of that it's going to increase that number significantly
0: yeah and something that i think some people may forget about is that yes you might be used to living off say fifty thousand because you've been so aggressively saving but is that something you want to do forever
1: that is a very valid point so you've done a good job saving. What do you, I think, thinking forward, what do you actually want to live off of? That's not all that different than when we're working with anybody else, right? We're When we're talking to people who are currently working and under traditional retirement age, we're asking them sort of the same questions. The difference is the longevity of the portfolio isn't 60 or 70 years. It's 30 or 40. Right. And those 20 extra years are a big deal <laughs> in performance of the portfolio. You could double your portfolio twice, probably within those 20 years, if, if you get, you know, an average rate of return. Um, so good time to talk about like the rule of 72. I always like to throw that out there. So the rule of 72 says, you know, if you get, let's say an average average rate or average um return, let's say eight is eight percent. If you take that, if you take that, uh if you take 72 and divide it by eight, that then tells you what how often your portfolio would double. So in that situation it would be every nine years. So that's why I say like 20 years makes a big difference because if you're looking at getting an average rate of return of eight percent, then you would have doubled your portfolio twice within that period of time. And that makes a huge difference in the longevity of a portfolio. Yeah,
0: it absolutely does.
1: Okay. So let's say somebody wants to do this. They want to try to do this, whether it's the financial retire early or the financial retire live early. To me, the difference between the two is the fact that you maybe want to work less. You're willing to work, but you work less. So your income is less early on, but you do the travel. You do the things that you want to do, and then you're willing to work longer to make up for the fact that you sort of quote unquote lived more early on, right? That's the difference between the two to me. Um, Of course, it could mean different things to different people. But let's say that somebody wants to do, wants to actually have, they have a goal to do this. What tips would you give them if they're, maybe they're investigating it, they're exploring it. What tips would you give them if they want to be part of the financial independent retire early community? What things would you tell them to do right now?
0: The first thing that I would recommend is start saving more and try living off less to see if, you know, that's the life. Style you want to live and to make sure it doesn't give you additional stress mm-hmm.
1: and then from there so okay so they give it a try how long would you suggest like because any adjustment always takes time how long would you suggest that they try it out for I would personally try it for six months to a year.
0: Mm-hmm. Because during that cycle, you know, you don't know what unexpected expenses may come up. Mm-hmm. You know, if you own a home, what repairs might come up in that time frame, And how do you deal with that mm-hmm. or medical emergencies? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So give it a year, like try to try to see if that works. Um, What other tips would you want to give them or whatever ideas would you want to give them if they're thinking about this?
0: Yeah, maybe make sort of like a bucket list of like, you know, if you do achieve the retire early portion, what would your life look like? What do you want to try to achieve? And then look at those items once you have the list and say, you know, is it more realistic to achieve those now while you're working? Or is it something that truly needs to be done after
1: you retire. Meaning that if you retire early, you would do it at that point in time, or is it something? Okay. Um, Of course, we can't can't bypass this discussion without talking about the budget. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that's gonna become really critical. I mean, you already mentioned like mapping things out, but it's really important if you're gonna do this to map out some of the spending. Um, I have seen some people, you know, if they buy a house or something like that, they've dealt, their plan is to rent it while they travel as a source of income. So you know, they focus on like building passive income while they're still working as well, so that they have that kind of resource when when they're out and about traveling. Um, any other ideas or tips that you would give people on the uh, from the investment perspective that might, or even jobs that might be remote or something like that?
0: Yeah. Now on the investment side, you know, when you come out of college. A lot of times you're told to save into retirement accounts, mm-hmm. which is great. But if your plan is to retire early, you know, before the um, 59 and a half or in some cases, 401ks allow 55, you know, you have to map out where is your income going to come from? Mm-hmm. So if you're in your 30s, you may have 25 to
1: 30 years before you can really touch that quote mm-hmm. retirement savings. Mm-hmm. So mapping out your income stream is going to become super important. So mapping out your expenses, mapping out your income streams is super important. Um, reality. I mean, I'm not trying to judge when I say that sort of thing, but making sure that people understand inflation and the reality of inflation on expenses. And I guess that the other thing that I was thinking of is do you, can part of this be a part-time job? Like what would be your fun job in rich quote unquote retirement or encore career that would allow you to generate a little income as well? I mean, that goes along with mapping out the income stream, I guess, but it's also, you know, like what lifestyle do you want to live and making sure that you know how that's going to be fit? And is that something that you can do, especially if you're traveling a lot. Um, Any other tips that you would suggest if people are are thinking about doing this that you would recommend? I can't stress enough of doing your own research. Um,
0: I mean, you mentioned creating a passive income of renting your house, but you know, that's a great option, but there's also liability with that. Mm -hmm. And if you're traveling and something happens, you know, who's there to take care of the problem? So it's having a plan in place for that too.
1: Are there resources that you've come across Becky in your research that people can turn to, to to actually do exactly what you just said, do your own research?
0: I mean there's podcasts out there, um, lots of blog posts, um, and you know one of the best things might be finding someone who's actually, you know, retired early from fire and talking to them. Mm-hmm. You know, getting their first-hand experience of, you know, what
1: they did, what they would do different and if it's worth it to them. Yeah. And did they change? Did they get into that mode and then decide, mm, no, change of subject, like we're going to go back to work or Did they do it for a couple years and decide to do you know like what was their path i think is you know a good thing and there's a lot of facebook pages i think that do this kind of thing as well that people can follow correct yep that's another great resource yeah so reach out to the community like there is communities out there that people can reach out to 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 find out more about this information any final tips that you would suggest um, for anybody that's focused on this and again I want to stress to people this retire early part is not, I mean, I know it's, it's kind of out there for, um, for those that are thinking early thirties and forties, but like I said, 55 seems pretty early to me, (laughs) especially when you think longevity of like potentially 40 or 45 years, you know, but, um, is there any final tips that you would suggest to anybody that's, that's interested in exploring this just as a general rule? Yeah.
0: If you do pursue this, and you find that it's not for you. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times when we're working with retirees under the traditional ages, we still find that, you know, there's some struggle there with, you know, someone to go back to work and making that mental shift from, you know, working to retirement. Mm-hmm. It's okay if fire doesn't work for you, mm-hmm. but it might be fun to try,
1: right? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Well, Becky, thank you for taking the time to explain what it is, some tips that people actually can follow if they are interested in exploring it, because I always think like you, it's great to do your homework. Um, You know, maybe you take a leave of absence from the employer instead of thinking, okay, I'm done, like door closed. Maybe you try to do like a leave of absence or a sabbatical to see if it's something that you actually enjoy instead of just, yeah, like I said, closing that door. So as always, we hope you found this topic very interesting. And if it's not interesting to you, I hope if it's if you think it's interesting to somebody else that you forward it to them, we always want to hear your questions. Uh, We want to hear your comments. We ask that if you have a few moments, if you could hop on over to iTunes and rate the show and provide your comments, it does move us up in the system. And so more people can find it and hopefully we can help more people please feel free to share us on LinkedIn uh, as well as uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Again, we're always trying to get the information out there for more people to hear what we have to say. We hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks so much, everyone.
0: And that will about do it for today's episode of line and dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or Amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rooted PG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.